0: Hi there, I'm Dustin Crawford, and I'm my sales development manager here at Intercom. Welcome to another episode of Inside Intercom. In sales, there's one topic we can't seem to avoid these days, and it's chatbots. This week, I invite Susan Patel, one of the most well-known experts in growth, back to the show. I wanted to get his thoughts on how chatbots can help us acquire and convert more leads. For example, how do chatbots impact the customer experience? And one of my favorite questions, chatbots or lead forms. Susan's built his career helping companies grow. He's the co-founder of Web Profits, a growth agency where he's led marketing strategy for the likes of LinkedIn, Salesforce, and Mint. He's also the co-founder of Mailshake, a sales automation tool for early stage startups. And that's just one of seven SaaS companies he's growing. Put simply, he's someone who knows a lot about doing things at scale. That includes using chatbots to accelerate the sales cycle.
1: Just imagine if I told you, hey, Dustin, I can make your sales team like 50% more productive by removing the conversations and questions that probably should be asked before the call happens instead of on the call itself. Why chatbots that deliver immediate value to your prospects are powerful? The chatbot not only gets you instant gratification, but it also helps prevent the like shopping around or like, you know, going and exploring more multiple options. And it's predictions on where the future of chatbots is headed. I think it's all going to people just getting what they want fast and whether it's gonna be more agnostic of it's a salesperson, a bot, automation, it's like I just want my problem solved. How do I get this thing solved now?
0: If you enjoy my conversation with Susan, don't forget to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's jump into the conversation.
2: You're listening to Inside Intercom. Intercom, making internet business personal at scale. Learn more at intercom.com.
0: Susan, welcome back to Inside Intercom. Thanks for having me. Very, very
1: excited to talk to you today. Yeah. It's been about a year since the last time we spoke. So clues in what you've been focused on. Yeah. So a big thing is really kind of the convergence of sales and marketing. And, and I'm seeing, you know, more and more of the both departments having such a big impact on growth. And there's not one or the other that's like leading the charge. Or they both want to lead the charge, but there's really when, when they work together working, long story short, conversational marketing getting automation, systems, processes for both of these teams to kind of strive.
0: Yeah, you run two very different businesses, Web Profits, which is a growth agency in Rep Ventures, which owns an impressive seven SaaS companies. There's one that I'm really interested in, Mailshake. Tell us what it actually is and then you know why you actually started it.
1: Yeah, so Mailshake's an outbound sales tool for the most part. People use it for PR, all sorts of kind of cold email, uh, mostly for salespeople, I actually started it more for marketers. And it came up from an idea I had for the longest time of, my background's in SEO, and I did a lot of outreach. I've probably sent over 10 million emails from link building and SEO perspective. So I built Mailshake initially called contentmarketer.io for content marketers and link builders and SEOs. And, well, they didn't like it very much. (laughs) It didn't work. Uh, It's because we have a big very big product but we had this email outreach portion of it and it was just one small thing and we launched it as a micro tool and still didn't work for marketers but salespeople loved it and they they flocked to the platform and i was like well i think we have something here it's just doesn't fit the name and it's not what we it's (laughs) not who we intended to build it for but we're like let's just double down anyways and during that year i was the vp of marketing at a company called oneiwork.com and i was working heavily with the sales team i'm like guys Check out this like what I'm building here, and like this is awesome. This is exactly what I need. I need something to create these sequences and and whatnot. And so we ended up scrapping content marketer, rebranding to Mailshake, and uh, and going from there.
0: Right. Coming from a growth marketing background, how do you work with sales teams to drive growth? Are there tactics or approaches that you can actually share with us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of you know when, when I talk to salespeople, and I do this a lot in organizations, whether through my agency or even when i'm working with my the individual teams uh, at the saas companies i run they're always in the weeds of things and it's really hard to see a great idea or a strategy uh, or a great tactic from when when you're so in down in the kind of one to one conversation with a let's say a potential customer so what I try to do is I try to get, extract information like, hey, what are the types of friction points or questions or concerns customers are, or potential customers are having? What are they asking about? What are the things people love when you say like, what is the thing you, you can see or hear a smile from someone, a phone call, right? Like what are those things? And like, okay, when you look at one or two phone calls your week, you may not have a hundred to list out. But when you look at like the last three months of your life, you can definitely list out things that, that come up. And then it's my job as a growth person to make, And I kind of am like more like the product manager in this role where I'm like, okay, well, here's what you said. Here's the five things and trends I'm seeing. And then let's figure out a way to implement that into the product or in the conversation. So a good example would be, let's say, you know, with Mailshake, we actually recently, actually two of my companies, Right Inbox and Mailshake, we launched chatbots back in the summer Mm -hmm. and we continue to optimize them. And how we actually came up with the script of and the automation for the chatbot was like literally the, the flow of hundreds of conversations, right? Now, we know we can't tackle all of the variations that can happen, but we do know like the first couple questions people ask, the common questions they may ask, and it kind of just sorted out through that. Mm-hmm. But But ultimately, the point of this is that there is a lot of valuable information you can have. Uh, from people on the front lines, especially salespeople that can either relay that back to marketing to be used in on landing pages, again, like maybe something that's a really, really prominent question, right? Like, for example, when we talk to Mailshake customers, our sales team, or even our success team, the only question we need to know to see if their campaigns are successful or not, or their efforts in the past have been successful is like, what's your reply rate? Like, or what is the number of leads you're getting per X amount of email sent, right? Because like, Open rate, click-through rate, even reply rate don't matter as much as you sent a thousand emails, how many leads did you get from that? And then what industry are you in? And you can kind of, we can kind of feel and get um, strengths and weaknesses from that campaign and whatnot.
0: Um, From your perspective, why is now the right time for sales teams to start investing in automation? And what stage would you
1: actually suggest to start actually doing all this? So I think when you've figured out product market fit and you've got some form of A Single marketing channel or single channel driving growth. It's like something is working just like one thing is working That's when it's really time to buckle down and figure out what I think is core part of a conversion flow, right? Which is the sales it's the product the first user experience It's the marketing and the brand Uh, the brand might not always be like the words on your website. It might not be your graphics or your UX. It could be the experience they have with you, which which is why I think like a chat bot or something like that is really, really important. Or even just having chat or your salespeople being really connected to the customer or being able to have that conversation. So again, I think that time to do it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, why now? Is because every single person, every founder I talk to or every single successful business person they always go back, like, I wish I started that earlier. Like, you know that SEO thing that takes forever now? I wish I started that 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> it's good to always capitalize on channels early. Uh, you know, there's the first mover advantage I think you can get. But also, you know, like I talked about earlier, you if you just talk to your sales team and you get an aggregate of, like, here's the conversations or the friction points or the common questions, just imagine if I told you, hey, Dustin, I can make your sales team, like, 50% more productive. By removing the conversations and questions that probably should be asked before the call happens instead of on the call itself, right? Um, That type of just qualification or just kind of getting the tire kickers out of the system can help you really just be more productive and aka spend more time on the deals that can close. Yeah.
0: No, I appreciate that. How I look at this is doing more with less, right? So if you actually have automation, if you have the great and useful tools in place, you don't actually have to make that additional hire, especially when you first start out. So I think that's where automation plays for a lot of our, our listeners who are just now starting a sales team. Uh, personally, I've, I've seen organizations automate too much, losing the impact. What advice or tips do you have for organizations to ensure they're not over-automating though?
1: Yeah, so the point is to be helpful and to have the provide the customer, potential customer, a better user experience, but not to lie to say this is a human being, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> no one's stupid. they like, maybe there's some stupid people out there. But for the most part, as this gets more and more traction, like imagine like, you know, back in the day, remarketing came out and everyone's like, oh my God, I'm getting advertising for this company. And now everybody kind of knows like, oh, I'm seeing, I went to Amazon, I'm seeing this product everywhere. Damn Amazon and their clever marketing. Like they know that, right? And so like, this is the same thing that's going to happen to bots as well. But it, the key is not to make it look like you're a human being. The key is to say, I'm here to help bring in the person and answer questions and bring in a person that can best help you, right? So, for example, at Mailshake, we get about three questions about our product. And no matter what we've done on the copy of the website, how explicit we made this anywhere on a website, we get this question asked. It's like, hey, can I use Gmail to send? Or can I use insert like mail service, right? We say send through Google, G Suite or Gmail in the headline copy, but people still seem to like miss that. Mm -hmm. So we now have a chatbot and one of the pre-programmed answers is like literally saying the three things we can do, but we use it as a qualification method. We know if somebody's like, hey, I want to send through Gmail versus I want to send through G Suite, the G Suites are more qualified because one, you have to pay to play for a paid Google email address, but also that usually the Google email addresses are bigger companies and so now we know if the g suite skip any other pre-qualifications and get them to demo if they say let's something like SendGrid or other third-party providers get them over to demo because they're qualified if they say something like outlook we may want to get them down the route of a webinar or some a little bit more self-service path Uh, and again people can jump in in terms of sales but one question helps us pre-qualify pretty much 90 percent of our leads well no thanks for the tips there
0: Automation is popping up everywhere, from lead enrichment to lead nurturing tools. What have you found to be the most interesting advances in the space?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's awesome tools like Clearbit, and uh, I have to plug in my company, Vala Norbert. <laughs> we do the same thing. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of tools out there. Like, who, I, I'm I'm usually tool agnostic. Otherwise, I'd have to have a, the most biased conversation about like my seven companies possible. <laughs> um, but ultimately, I think. You know, getting that data is awesome. There's another company called, uh, you can even use like Full Contact. You can even just plug in different APIs directly. And most people don't do that or like use Zapier to kind of pass data through to places. But ultimately it's it's technology like Clearbit and, and enriching the information or reverse IP lookup to see what company they're coming from. There's, uh, I think I forgot like Lead Forensic, ClickBack Web. There's a couple other tools out there that can actually tell you the IP address of a high-value prospect. I think that's really, really interesting, but I think a lot of people still don't really adopt it or use it well. They try to find the information, and then they go and uh, maybe they go and outbound to that, that that client. But one thing you can do with something like Optimizely is you can plug in reverse IP lookup and enrichment data and then customize their landing page or experience for them. So it might not be like the customizing of like the headline. That's really basic stuff. I'm talking about the call to action says... Let's jump on a call or the call to action says, join this webinar. Or if you know they're coming from Mike Redmond, uh, Washington, their Microsoft office, talk to sales guy, like get them on the phone right away. And that's why I think like adding in the chatbots as well can help because when you've got, let's say you've identified a high value lead that's from reverse lookup, you can literally load up live chat through there.
0: Yeah, that's actually really interesting that you brought that up because we started to do that here at Intercom where we're doing like the IP reverse lookup, right? So when people come to chat with us, a lot of times we're leaders, right? So we don't have a lot of time. So sometimes we're actually poking around to see what else is out there. And we see something maybe interesting, but then we are running to a meeting because we're always in meetings as as leaders. And I completely forget. So uh, for us, it's more of, hey, now I actually understand a company who might be interested. I might not actually know the persona, but I know that maybe something's going on where we can actually now do some outbound outreach. And that's kind of how we've been utilizing it here. And I think it's been really powerful to be honest with you.
1: Absolutely. I think the trend of like, you know, not necessarily a trend, but this is something that is, that should happen is um, people replacing forms with leads. And so uh, forms like, yeah, a bot is not a human being, but a bot is way better than a boring form that never changes. Right. So, you know, as a salesperson, you want to have qualified leads. You want to get the most data on somebody, but as a marketer, they're probably like, I want you to ask the least freaking <laughs> questions because that's going to tank our conversion rate. Yep. So I think that's where a chatbot can come in where you can get the first part of the information, like an email address, go to town, enriching it, reverse look up, you know, getting that data and getting more information about that person. And, you know, something like Intercom, you can, a salesperson could even be inside the platform and be looking at it while the bots continue that conversation. I'm sure you guys <laughs> <Yeah. you> do <outside>. that <laughs> I do that all the time. Like oh, I know this person. Exactly. Um, And, uh, yeah, so while that's happening, you can ask more pre-qualification questions or maybe you book the demo or you book a call, a meeting, or you get them right into the product. And while they're doing stuff or after they've got everything booked up, then you ask your pre-qualifying questions. And, again, what the great thing about what you guys do and and any of these chatbots out there, you can – the conversation continues via email afterwards, right? So it doesn't end. It doesn't end.
2: That's all to
0: come on Off Script. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. You know, One of the most hype developments has been chatbots, as we've been talking about. Here at Intercom, we believe bots should assist, not replace sales reps. Uh, what's your advice to not get
1: overly reliant on this technology? Yeah, so I think a lot of people lead with a chatbot when they should be leading with a human. And so what I mean is, why not start with live chat and learn what the questions are going to be, especially if you're that founder or product person or, you know, you've gotten product market fit, you're ready to scale or you're ready to grow and then scale. Well, you can never scale unless you know what the heck people want. Otherwise, you're just making assumptions and then you're validating your assumptions. And I can tell you, you never validate your assumptions the first time around. You have assumption one and then that works or doesn't. Then you go to assumption, you know, you just keep. Iterating, whereas if you can get a whole bucket of information through salespeople and conversations, then you can figure out a way to automate. So I always say converse manually first and then automate all that stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: I totally agree. For many teams, implementing chatbots will require a new sales motion where bots and humans are working together. What are some of the easiest low friction ways to actually implement this?
1: Yeah. So I think the the thing we need to we need to get across the sales team and even marketing people is that you need to be looking at for opportunities that are on your website right now, right? You need to be on, not just like looking at like your CRM daily, right? Or like after your sales calls, I'm assuming, you know, everyone's filling in all their notes of what they need to do and setting all this stuff up. This now needs to happen now. Like this needs to change from you do it after the call to now. And so I think it's just making sure someone's on, on I call it on deck somebody has live chat coverage or is just watching the platform so they can seize opportunities and I, I always find there's at least 10 to 15% of opportunities just sitting there not engaging i have a friend he's an executive at a billion dollar company he's bought all my courses every, like for the last 3 4 years i had no clue <laughs> that he was doing this because it was just a random random email gmail address and i would never figure out that i could trace it back to him and then I was like, who's this, like, random person? He bought, like, a $5,000 course and paid up front, like, for five seats. There's, like, $1,000 a seat. And he just bought the 5000 team plan. I'm like, who is this guy? He didn't even talk to me or anything like that. And he bought a book and a bunch of other things beforehand. And what I realized is, like, this guy's just – anytime I send an email blast, uh, an email newsletter, he, he's really – Trigger happy, and he he's like studying what I'm doing, and I only figured this out like a few years later when I had lunch with him, and he's like, "Dude, I've been buying everything." I'm like, "What you have?" And I was like, "Let me, that's bullshit, man. Let me call." <laughs> I, I I was trying to call him out, yeah. And then I was like, "How do I know you've been buying this?" And he's like, "Here, plug in this email address." He's like, "This is when I use to sign up for all this stuff. No trace to him." And yeah, there you have it. He bought a bunch of stuff. So then, my my point is, there are people looking, <laughs> and you want to seize those opportunities. And the only way you can really do it is kind of watching and monitoring these platforms, or when you can, when you have triggers that you can say, okay, these are qualified leads, even if they don't engage, you want to make sure you're kind of looking out for that. Yeah. So somebody from Microsoft or whatever looks at your site, boom, you can go outbound to the right person.
0: Yeah. For us here at Intercom, I think this is one of the things that we're really trying to hone in on, and I guess I'm trying to really kind of get your opinions on this, where you know, you know, upfront contracts, you know, especially through live chats. I don't know if that works through an, an actual chatbot. So what are some of the things that you recommend? You know, what type of sales motions would you recommend with a, with a chatbot versus, you know, having someone on just like a phone with a discovery call? Because it's almost one and the same, but it's, it's a different muscle.
1: Yeah, so I think it still works on chatbots because people still want the ease. They want the instant gratification. They want it now, right? So I still think it works, but they have you have to look at the activity, right? So if you were to go up to somebody on the street and you're like, hey, buy Intercom, First of all, you don't even know who the heck they are, right? But if somebody called you and you're like, hey, buy it, give me your credit card, and they they want a demo or they want something, they're more likely to buy it. But if somebody called you and said, hey, I've tried it before, it worked, we didn't have the budget a year ago, and now I have a salesperson, I have this and that, and the other things, and, they, and they're like, here, buy it. Okay, here's my credit card, I'll pay for it. So it's the same thing with a chatbot. You can see if they visited different parts of the site, how many times they've been to your site before, if they've come from the blog, If they're on your email newsletter, how many emails they've opened. But a simple thing is, have they visited a pricing page or a feature page? Or have they downloaded anything or got to an ebook or something? And if they have, I think you can have a deeper conversation. Maybe in some products like Mailshake, we're a fairly low cost service, self-service, generally speaking, meaning like most people who sign up don't need to engage with a human being. Yeah, we we can definitely sell them with a chat bot on the second or third page they visit. But if you're a larger enterprise deal, you may want to start the conversation. Maybe you skip the pre-qualification questions and you start the conversation of uh, asking them how many email, what the email list is, user bases, whatever, to kind of even formulate the price.
0: Yeah. Between all your companies and clients, do you have any automation or bot use cases that stand out to you?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we use it at uh, at Mailshake. We've got a lot of again, some of the most basic questions that prospects ask, and we know the right ones versus a support question and whatnot. We actually, for the most part, our bots only engage because it's kind of annoying for customers because there's not a human being on the other end. They want to talk to a human being usually because they went through the help docs and whatnot. So we only engage with non-customers. And again, we we pre-qualify them and whatnot. And we get them in a meeting with our goal is to get them in within a meeting within 24 hours except for like a friday right but um a really good example i want to share is zenefit so i was putting a presentation together for a marketing company a presentation i was doing this summer and i was i was like let me just test chatbot versus lead form and i went to zenefits i was like i need an hr tool for onboarding new employees so i went through the in a new browser i went through the lead form on a Saturday. Heard back on a Monday morning from the salesperson to book a meeting for Wednesday. I went on a different browser through the chatbot and I answered a couple questions of, hey, I'm interested in a payroll service and probably a little bit about benefits. Uh, and they're like, how many employees do you have? You know, what's your annual revenue? Uh, what states do you operate in or whatnot? Or like they asked it more like, are you in these states? Mm-hmm. And I answered those questions. As I think it was three or four questions. And I got a meeting booked at like 9 a.m. on a Monday. Meeting was booked, right? So, like, that's the difference. And, like, I'm a founder. I don't want to be doing HR stuff, especially not on a weekend. (laughs) But sometimes you've got to do that stuff. And so imagine the, you know, the buyer, me, I've got my problem solved. And that to-do list checked and done where the next to-do is on a Monday. Where on the other end, lead form, I had to wait until Monday to even get the, like, oh, it's been done. I may shop around to two or three other places. So I think a, like a chatbot not only gets you instant gratification, but it also helps prevent the like shopping around or like, you know, going in and exploring more multiple options. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Good little plug for Zenefis. And I don't think you knew that, but that's actually an intercom customer. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, wh- one of the main benefits of automation is the ability to communicate with buyers faster and at scale. But on the flip side, you know, it's really hard to, uh, you know, actually weed out the spammy messages. How do you have sales teams balance this automation and human connection?
1: Yeah. So one simple trick, I ask the salespeople and I do this myself to read this out loud read whatever they're writing out loud as if they were a 10-year-old, right? Like 10-year-olds aren't the great, they're not the fastest to read something, right? Or say their thoughts, right? I found when you you say what you're writing out loud, like an email you typed up, one, you kind of weed out the robotic part of it because people just don't type the way they talk. And I think the the closer you get to that, the more conversational you can get even in emails and automation. The other thing is, get past this like inserting first name, company name BS, right? That stuff works, but like it's been working. So what is the actual, autom- like what is the actual personalization that you can put in there, right? So I think a personalization as categorization. So for example, let's say you're selling intercom and you're going outbound and you're selling it to VPs of marketing, VP of sales. Let's say you're selling your support product to customer support managers. Well, yeah, you're selling the same all in one awesome service or whatever, but your pitch is going to be different. But the automation, the cadence might be kind of the same. Frankly, you can replace different like maybe bullet points or value props. But how do you get your email to resonate with them? Right. So you can personalize based off a category. Now you can personalize like your hundred customer support people email versus a hundred salespeople email. But You don't need to do that. You could get by with personalizing just the category-level people part so where when you share examples of companies that use intercom, when you email the support person, it might be people that are specifically using it for support with case studies, whereas the sales could be sales where on the marketing could just be like, check out this landing page, right? You know, speaking of balancing
0: automation and human connection, at Mailshake, you offer customers the ability to request a manual review of their email campaigns. Can you walk us through the decision to offer this service?
1: Yeah. So we found out when we dug into all of our customers that most people that have the best success with our campaigns that we talked about earlier, five sentences or less subject lines, question marks, short emails. We found all these characteristics. And so I dug in a little deeper. I was like, why are people churning? This is like a random weekend. I was just digging into every part of the number I could. My co founder gave me access to the database. I'm like, let me go crazy. Uh, I learned a little of SQL and then went to town. But, anyways, I was also looking at churn, and it looks like most people churn, or like more than half of people churn, because of lack of success using the platform. They weren't successful with their outbound emails. Um, and so, we got to solve that. That's something we can do. And I dug into more qualitative, and I asked customers about where they're struggling. And we have been creating lots and lots of ebooks, videos, webinars, all this content from the marketing perspective. And we've been getting a lot of good engagement. People are joining the webinars, people are reading the content. It's getting out there, but still we had that problem. And it was because concept and theory versus practice. And that were that's where it fell apart. Turns out our customers are not professional copywriters. Pretty common sense. It turns out when you give them a theory or example on a different industry, and then they go in a blank canvas and they try to create this Mona Lisa, it doesn't happen, right? So I think you. what we realized is, like, let's just tell them what they're doing wrong, like, specifically. So we didn't have any of this stuff in the beginning, so all I did was I just talked to customers with the poorest results, and I just said poorest, like, okay, let's just say single digits on open rates. And I just emailed everybody, and I was like, hey, if you need help, I'm doing this. I'm going to do a webinar, and I did it one-to-many, and I realized that didn't work because not everybody got value out of every minute of it. So I did one-to-one, I was like, this is really tough because... Frankly, we have customers in all different time zones. And, you know, it takes me 15, 20 minutes to prep for it. So I can't do a live call because I need to actually look at their stuff. And maybe if I look at the wrong one, I'm kind of like, waste my time or they, their time. So I ended up doing Loom videos. Long story short, after about five or 600 reviews, I found out I was saying the same 10 or 20 things all the time. It was just like, I was like, oh, my God, I can't say this anymore. So I created these canned responses. And then I talked to my co-founder. I was like, hey, can we do this on the fly? And so we created this uh, mini AI, if you want to call it that, a little bit of just auditing. Uh, it's, a, it's email analyzer that essentially if your email copy is too long, your sentences are too long. Like if you get an email that's like three or more paragraphs, people just don't read it. It's just too long. Like you're saying the, if on a mobile phone, if you have to scroll – doesn't work, right? So there was about 20 things that we could add and and it keeps learning and getting better. And again, that solved a lot of it because they were doing it on the fly. And then what we did is we offered the campaign review to the people that still needed help on top of that. And again, it was really to help our customers be more successful with the platform. And it was also for us as a secret ploy, not so secret, to know what our customers are using our platform for. right? I can go guess based off the email they send, but I want to get a gauge of uh, what they're saying, what they're doing, and and how they're feeling. Yeah,
0: you know, automation and bots is just so interesting to me. Where do you see this space evolving to?
1: Yeah, I think this is. I think it's all evolving into ultimately more Uberization. I call it like instant. <laughs> like you don't wait for more than three minutes for four minutes for an Uber. After five minutes, you're like well, if it's, not, you're like I'm going to Lyft. I'm, yeah, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm gonna go or I'm gonna cancel and get another one. I, I yeah. think it's all just about inst- like just getting that customer's needs satisfied quickly. Whether it's, and I think customers are going more accepting the, the, the mass market and it's working well in the B2B world now, but I think the mass market, especially with like Facebook Messenger and the consumer side, e-commerce companies are even pulling off a lot of these great chatbot related things. And I think it's all going to people just getting what they want fast and whether it's going to be more agnostic if it's a salesperson, a bot, automation, it's like, I just want my problem solved. How do I get this thing solved now? Right. And regardless of like if it's a person or if it's a bot or if it's an email or whatever. Yeah. Finally, where can listeners go to get some more of your advice? Yeah. So best place to go is my personal website, sujanpatel.com or the Mailshake blog, blog blog.mailshake.com. And uh, yeah, that's the best places. Yeah.
0: Sujan, you know, what? it's really been great talking to you and talking about just automation and bots. I look forward to the progression of Mailshake. And I really do look forward to our future conversations that we're going to have.
1: Yeah, definitely. Very, very excited to see uh, kind of us working together more and uh, potential of maybe Mailshake and Intercom, more integrations between the two of them. Yeah, love to see that in the near future. Great, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been
2: listening to the Inside Intercom podcast. For more episodes, visit soundcloud.com slash intercom. If you'd like to subscribe, search for Inside Intercom in iTunes or Stitcher. And for even more great content, check out blog.intercom.com.